Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited Podcast, where you indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theater. This time around, we got four movies to talk about, which is quite a coincidence, because in my presence are four movie masters. We have Steen. Yes. Brent. Oi, oi, oi. And Dylan. What's up? I would be the fourth one I'm calling. Uh, movies in question are Ticket to Paradise, Till, Pray for the Devil, and Triangle of Sadness. Leading with Ticket to Paradise, it's a story about uh, two parents, Julia Roberts and George Clooney, who go to sabotage their daughter's wedding in a uh, paradise place. What a weird premise. <laughs> That's, that's objectively what happened. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, they're divorced in the movie, and they don't like each other arbitrarily. They were just told they don't like each other. And uh, their their daughter, who graduates fucking law school, goes to vacation, falls in love with the guy, decides to marry him there, and um, the parents catch wind of this. They're invited to the wedding that's on the island, which kind of puts it in a dubious legal position, I would think. But regardless... Uh, they go to what island is it? Bali. Bali. Okay. Filmed in uh, Queensland, Australia. Yeah. So not actually in no. Bali. And uh, uh, hijinks and Sue here. Um, I sh- the whole time I'm watching this, I just could not shake the feeling that the script was not current. Like <laughs> nothing about this movie feels like 2022. Uh, I was trying to place it exactly. I was like, okay. 1997, if you want to be pedantic, yes, technically there are like, you know, cell phones vaguely featured in the background. The movie about centering around people in their 20s, early 20s, and you see a cell phone like one minute of screen time. It's interesting that you mentioned the year 1997 because um, this is Clooney's return to rom-coms. And yeah. do you know the last year that he did a rom-com? I feel like you do. 1996. What was, so what maybe- was his rom-com then? I don't know what the last exact one oh, was. From Dust saying... Till Dawn. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> but starring also Julia Roberts as uh the, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that? Uh it's been a while. I might have to dust that one off. <laughs> but um it, it might have been that the writer slash director was trying to recapture that era of Clooney and Roberts. You know what I mean? That's maybe that's why it felt like it was 1997. Yeah, I felt that way more in terms of like the absence of the present rather than like the presence mm-hmm. of the past. If that makes sense. If yeah, I, of course. If I might lay down some logic esque uh, rhymes on you right now, some wordplay. Uh, I was like, it couldn't. I was like, could it be 87, like a Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn thing? And I'm like, no, nope. no. Nah, the cultural insensitivity would would keep it off balance yeah. there but Clooney would have had to yeah he would have had to say a few things if it was eight yeah seven. there would yeah. be some some uh like you know cooking pots with like cannibals or some shit like yeah. that it would have been fucked in the 80s let's not take it there but uh the the 90s i think maybe we would have had it together this was a post cool runnings environment i'll I'll be generous and say like 2001 is what this movie feels like it could have been okay. filmed in and i think again aside from some small technology details there is nothing like modern about this <laughs> uh, aggressively bland yeah. is that fair to say yes yeah it's really hard to even like acknowledge that you watch this movie i kind of felt fucked up after this i'm not gonna lie like i watched this movie and i just had like an emptiness in me mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think i just went home and like went to bed <laughs> yeah. did you at least brush your teeth i mean maybe does it matter i don't remember it right, like I, right. I remember brushing my teeth that night as much as i do this movie because right. it's like like in addition to i feel 
possibly a dusted off 20-year-old script. Uh, just a very, very non-thinly veiled excuse for just two movie stars to be on vacation together. You're now the third person out of our group of four where I've heard some iteration of, uh, we, I'm forgetting this movie rapidly. Yeah. I, I remember when we got in the parking lot, I said, uh, are we recording tonight? Like, no, we're, we're going to watch a couple more than do this one. I was like, oh, I'm going to forget it. And then yes. Dylan before this was just like, I don't know how much. Yeah. Oh, I was speaking for the rest of the room. I remember this quite. <laughs> yeah. What oh, were your really? favorite parts, Dylan? Yeah. Um, the dancing scene when they're right. like getting all drunk. Do you recall the song they danced to? First, it was uh, it was before they do House of Pain. They didn't do House of Pain. That was in the trailer. No, but they they do jump around in the end. It was like that second. They do half jump around, and they do that Run DMC song with the yeah. Uh, there the, you go. The, the remix beat. of uh, it's like that. Yeah, but they kick off with CNC Music Factory, right? Everybody dance now. Yeah, I'll buy it. That the DJ is playing at the club because with the vinyl. One girl vinyl. was like, "Can you play something that's more appropriate for them?" Age appropriate. <sighs> oh yeah, in my vinyl crates that i brought <laughs> to this island that has 20 yeah. people on it but was it like a resort island because that's why she and her friend were there right like they were going on vacation after graduating college as they kept saying yes. she was a lawyer lawyer she college graduated college but then it, they make it seem like oh it's just this like remote island where she meets this guy and his family who appear to be the only people that live on the island yeah. it does look really nice even though it's australia but it looks nice you're in queensland australia, australia. Isn't it, is it weirdly i don't want to say racist but uh like the main reason that you the viewer can sympathize with this girl falling in love with this guy on an island. They do such bad characterization that they need to pad it out with a lot of just glory shots and just pornographic visualizations of how beautiful this island is. No, that was the weird part, is it didn't succeed in doing that. Well, like, it seemed a like lot a pretty place. A lot of the parts place. look like green screen or like a mm-hmm. straight-up like, backlot movie set. Like that waterfall part right. where Daryl and the guy are sitting there. It looked well, like they they're sitting on one. a plastic They didn't rock. have a tropical waterfall in Australia. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? And the best looking part was when you saw them seaweed farming. <laughs> <laughs> like that looked neat. But then everybody has to tell you, this right. place is so beautiful. <laughs> this place is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. But they seen. don't ever talk about the guy she's marrying. They no. only talk about the, the place. The so only they're... thing she ever says, too, is, is like, I belong here. Yeah. She doesn't say, like, I like this I guy. Love him. This guy I'm is really cool. Stay. This guy is funny. Yeah. I mean, he's fine. He's, you know, obviously kind of. Well, maybe in. that's what it is. Like, he groom is the ticket, <laughs> ticket to, to Paris. Yeah, because he, he gets to immigrate her into the yeah. country. Wow. So I looked it up, and the last rom-com apparently was One Fine Day that George Clooney did yeah. with Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. I never saw it. I don't know what it is. So this is uh, this is also the fifth movie that Clooney and Roberts have, have done together. Does anybody oh. know the other four? I think Dylan's got at least two. I wouldn't remember. George Clooney and Julia Roberts yeah. together? Batman and Robin. Yeah. Batman From Forever. From Dusk Till Dawn. <laughs> till Dawn. Yeah, because Julia Roberts was the, the yeah. Oh, Brother, Oh, Where Art Thou, mm, Brother. Right, right. Um, the Clayton movie. I forgot what it's called. Yeah. That boring-ass movie. God damn it. Well, where the sheep sleep or whatever that movie's called. The sheep <laughs> sleeping. The movie called? Men Who Stare at Goats. Yeah, that no, one. No, she wasn't in that <laughs> one. Where the sheep sleeping, I think. Yeah, where the sheep time. sleeping. If you own the Criterion Collection on DVD, you'll know that it's the original by title. the proper title. Um, ER, Snowball Hospital, Pretty whatever women. that it was called. Pretty Women. Pretty Women. <laughs> Hold on. There's two that I think you would get. Why does it just hit? Just break them down. Yeah, yeah. All right. So 
if you want to go chronologically, you got Ocean's Eleven in 2001. That's not a rom-com. That's a heist no, movie. Fifth movie together. together. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Ocean's Eleven, 2001. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, 2002. Ocean's Twelve, 2004. <laughs> and then Money Monster in 2016. <laughs> Julia that... Roberts are in these ocean movies? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's why, that's why this movie, like the previews, they, they harken back to Oceans because in Oceans, they are divorced when they start out. Oh. They do the heist and they get married again. So you thought that they might get married again in this movie, too. Uh, spoilers, please, because uh, the, the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this podcast is like always Sorry. avoided. I will you say, don't know if they get back together. Yeah, yeah they, they just kind of... Really open-ended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just jump. Yeah, they might have just drowned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You I know, like that part, too. That was a good part. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned trailer, because uh, that reminded me that this is a really bad example of like... Or a great example of the bad quality of just putting every funny scene in your trailer. Yeah. If you watch the trailer, you have seen this movie. They leave nothing unpreviewed. Uh, funny, because one of my other favorite moments is when that guy gets bit by the snake, and they never once talked about that. <laughs> um, oh, my God. They never once talked in the trailer, talked about going to the girl's graduation. I thought that was hilarious. They never once put that in the they trailer. They didn't cover in the trailer how... Um, the girl who gets married has a friend that goes with her on the trip to Bali and stays for like just three months, <laughs> yeah. even though she doesn't have any love interest there. She has no reason to be there. She's just chilling. Yeah. A story. She's in her lane. You have to watch the movie. There's right. no point in the trailer where they show the guy's family talking to George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Well, yeah, they don't want to scare people off. Oh. <laughs> they also don't put that you're kind of confused if there's some tension between Clooney and the girl's friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. That was my it. favorite part. That was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is like, a, wait, what's that's happening my right now? favorite part of the movie <laughs> is the sexual tension between a, a recent college graduate and George Clooney. <laughs> and that, yeah, this is a complete fiction because uh, as we pointed out pretty quickly, why is George Clooney single? Like, he is George Clooney. He's rich in the movie. It was insane. Yeah, yeah they kind of, they say that in the trailer. They say... What? He's single and rich. No, they say this is why Superman works alone. Yeah, they do say that. He says a that lot. a lot. <laughs> this comes up a lot. Yeah, he kept movie. saying that. I don't know. <laughs> then but, he kept showing off his back credit card, like see, like glory shots of his yeah, back card. Yeah, every time, every time anyone needs to pay for something, he brings out the back card and card <laughs> yeah. says, never leave home without it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. When he pays for that, his daughter's friend's drink. <laughs> Just a glory never shot. Never leave home without it. <laughs> What was with the, uh, they, you know, they had to have Julia Roberts need to leave somebody to be with George Clooney. So it was just this like pilot that you didn't understand the original chemistry between her and the yeah, pilot. Yeah, she has a like overly nice guy, younger pilot boyfriend that we're supposed to think is nice, but just kind of bland and milk toast. See, this is why Shakespeare works alone. Because Shakespeare, <laughs> if you go back to like a, a Midsummer Night's Dream okay. versus Hamlet, that's okay. the definition of like comedy versus tragedy. Tragedy, everyone dies. Comedy, everyone fucks at the end. And like they left so much fucking on the table at the end of this movie. There's ma- there's like 1.5 couples. I'm playing the point five on the Julia Roberts and George Clooney because dot, 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 unknown. The pilot guy doesn't get any. The girl's friend doesn't get any. Mm-hmm. Those, the other two are married. I think those were it. This is a very small cast. I don't know about the guy who runs the resort. I don't know if he gets any. There's a lot of people not getting any at the end of this movie, and that's that's bad. Including the audience. Screenwriting, mm-hmm. yeah. So this might... Uh, I will say this. If you're listening internationally, this actually might be the movie for you <laughs> because... 
This movie in in our country raked in only about sixteen million opening weekend, but internationally eighty seven million. Jesus, I think that's so. just Clooney. Yeah, just yeah. star power. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, star power for sure. Mm-hmm. I also have a theory that um, perhaps this script may have been dumbed down for an international audience, kind of what I would call the Mr. Bean effect. If you think about the Mr. Bean television show, it's only fourteen episodes. He never says anything, but it's beloved everywhere. I think because he doesn't say anything. So this movie also doesn't say anything so it's just hey look there's julia roberts we know her there's george clooney we know him let's go see them in this movie perhaps whereas here you know they've just been off the radar for so long everybody's like yeah i don't know I'll, maybe i'll watch it on a plane yeah. for a third and you know they go do those like ads for all kinds of just different brands overseas right. so they probably are on people's radar way more mm. everywhere else than they are here yeah, I mean, it's a very bland film, but it's like, it's inoffensive. It's not mean-spirited. It's not, like, hostile in why'd any you way. Throw the, why'd you kick in the trash can? Well, I was just going through some personal shit. Oh, word. I was just working out some inner demons yeah. there. The dialogue was bland. Right. The story was bland. The filming was bland. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, everything about it was really bland. And at the end, oh, bloopers or whatever. Right. Yeah, 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 they had outtakes. So you got to see that Julia Roberts and George Clooney were kind of just ad-libbing some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, so you didn't even write the jokes? Like, yeah, I, I keep saying there's a, there's a script they dusted off from the 90s. Maybe it's just a step further. There's no script. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, just uh, fucking do, do, do rom-com. You know this. You're on vacation. Just fucking wiggle around in front of the camera. I don't give a shit. Go. This is a movie you fall asleep to on the airplane. While you're watching mm, it, I can see it. Can, yeah, this yeah. is a movie no one watches more than a third of on cable TV at any given moment. Just yeah. like you're, you're flipping, you're in, you're out. <laughs> Let's just uh, kind of wrap this up, yep. flush this out of our minds <laughs> yeah. as quickly as possible. Uh, Ticket to Paradise. Is it all aboard, or is this a staycation? For me, it's a it's a staycation. I'm not I'm not taking that ticket. <laughs> Justine, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade it in. Try to get yeah. try to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> a ticket to uh ticket to something happening. <laughs> Brent? Travel voucher for sure. I'm gonna travel to a different destination at a later date. All right. Dylan, talk some sense into him. All right. I'll travel to Bali, dude. Yeah? Fuck it. Yeah. It does look nice. It is, I I mean Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this. We're fucking dancing around it. We watched Till, directed by Chinoye Chukwu. It's intentionally called Till, about the lynching of uh, Emmett Till in the 50s. That was sort of a uh, sparking of the civil rights movement in America. And I think the title is intentionally just Till, because really uh, Mamie Till Mobley is a central focus. She's Emmett Till's mom, and basically her fight to get justice for that lynching, which historically uh, was not the case, but more so than justice, was able to put a spotlight on the injustice and how the people that killed Emmett Till went free, and that was one part of a catalyst of the the civil rights movement. So hugely important historical uh, event, really given justice, I think, in this movie in terms of like the craft of it, because let's not fucking mince words. This is like a really hard movie to watch. It is uncomfortable. It cuts you no slack. There's no spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. It is as straight-faced as... The event itself, a really impressive movie. It's something you should watch, but it is not fun <laughs> at all. And uh, yeah, I guess uncomfortable is the word, which is intentionally, you know, making you uncomfortable. But that, man, I was just really impressed with the craft that goes into this. 
Because like this is a real easy territory to slip into like melodrama or um, you know, just falling short in the craft department. But man, the score was great. It gave you like a sense of just some ominous happening before the movie even starts. The acting is fucking amazing. Shout out to uh Danielle Deadweiler. She spends about a third of the movie fucking uncontrollably bawling. And I think, I don't know, to me conveyed I guess some of the nuances of grief, you know, where you see her just dead emotionally and then hysterically bawling. If it wasn't so well done, I think it would be not really doing the story justice. But in ter- on the craft department, it was all there. Very impressive. I see this being played in a lot of classrooms and colleges and stuff to really convey this idea. Because it did, I think, convey the importance of the whole uh event and like its place in history and all that it's a really hard like line to walk between doing something that seems exploitative and doing something that seems uh purposeful and on one hand you could walk into this and be like why do we have to see another black trauma movie like why is this still happening to get oscars you know right and um it's not that it's not deserved, you know, in terms of like movie making and stuff, but it still feels kind of like um, bad. But at the same time, you know, I mean, it's relevant in, in an historical sense, but it's also relevant for right now. And I think that the thing that it does by giving you such like a visceral reaction to seeing just, yeah, people crying on screen a lot, like really getting into seeing how this mother, you know, is reacting to the killing of her child by some adults, you know, like in a really brutal way. It's like, these are the facts. And so you're seeing this happen. And if you're a person who reflexively cries when you see other people crying, you're going to be crying (laughs) throughout the movie. I think if you have a fucking soul, you're going to be moved that's what i'm saying like it it hits you on a level where it's a it's very emotional yeah so sometimes that can feel manipulative in movies but i think that the point of it is the same point that um, mamie was trying to make which is like no look at look at what they did to him it does show some graphic stuff in the movie um again to make you look at it Fortunately, they don't show you like real photos or anything of recreations. Yeah. And so you can kind of deal with that better. And so I could see how you would show it in like a a classroom setting or something like that so that generations like now can feel the way that people may have felt at the time. I mean, obviously not the same, but to get that visceral reaction of like uh, being forced to witness this, you know, like because it's important. It's like she wanted to shine a light on it. The light needs to continue to be shown. So yeah, it's really rough to watch. I think that's the point. Definitely a lot more like visceral than, I don't know, academic or something like that. There's not really like, oh, you have to look into it for a message. No, you don't. You just have to look at this child and what it did to his mother, you know? And so it does a good job of that. But yeah, rough watch. And that's where I say the craft comes in because you mentioned like the exploitation factor, particularly of black trauma. And I think the filmmakers must have obviously known this and if it wasn't as well executed as it was you could veer into that but man i watched uh i read that comic stuck rubber baby earlier this year there was a similar time frame maybe like early 60s whereas this is like mid 50s 
semi-autobiographical about like you know having a gay club or integrated clubs and like figuring your sexuality out in that kind of environment i don't mean soapbox here too hard but like it really drives home the fact that that conservative things were better back then the good old days kind of mentality like all that shit is enforced with terror and that veneer of civility built around fantasies being pushed around that era as like a wholesome nice time and it's like no just like and i think that's a meta commentary going on with this film it's like look at this world you guys are fucking fixated on you know very important things to keep in mind it's funny after watching don't worry darling yeah don't worry darling <laughs> a very like oh wow <laughs> the contrast oh the only thing you have to worry about is toast <laughs> yeah mm. Dylan, yeah, you got you got something. Uh, I mean, yeah, I know it's hard, right? It, it, it's, not, it's not hard. It's, you guys kind of just touched on everything. I would. I mean, like, I didn't know about the uh, when she goes back to um, but where's that city that she they take her? Oh yeah, there was a city on like the outskirts of town that was essentially black owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you could have a little bit of freedom and be left alone. Yeah, I guess I, like, didn't know about that part. Like, I just assumed that she went back to money. and stayed. Yeah. It was just crazy to learn new stuff about this thing. Because, like, I don't know, like, in high school, they taught me about all this. So, like, seeing it in a biopic form, it's kind of, like, crazy to see. Right. Yeah. I would say that I wasn't expecting them to actually, like, show a, a prop of the body. Yeah. When they showed it at first, it was, like, under a cover. I, so I was like, okay, it'll just be like that. But then they're like, oh, here it is. Like in real life. Right, right. So you're just like, oh, shit. Like, it was an insane reveal to me because I didn't expect them to actually do that. Yeah, neither did I. I also didn't expect them to show him, like, yeah. just hanging out as a kid and stuff. I thought it would be just about what she did. You know? Right. I mean, it is about what she did, but it did spend a lot of time, you know, showing them before so that it wasn't just, like, procedural or whatever. Again, you guys are just... I'll just be harping on what you guys just said, so I don't want to be saying more. All right. Yeah. Well, I think I don't. I don't think this is a uh, a, a thumbs up, thumbs down situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, just call they did a good job. A tough watch, but an important watch. Eat your fucking vegetables. Watch the goddamn movie. Uh, learn a thing or two. All right. Jesus Christ. Uh, speaking of uh, fucking satanic motherfuckers, we got "Pray for the Devil," directed by Daniel Stam. This is an exorcist movie. Oh, you know what the marketing is like? The first female exorcist. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, what What happens. Yeah, the lady. It's a lady. And she's... uh, Uh, Actually, uh, actually, the second, (laughs) the first was in the 1300s. Yeah, I know. And they go out out of their way to mention that in the movie. But all the... uh, I think they mean in film, bro. Would that be true? Yeah, I think in movie. Is there another woman doing exorcisms in an exorcist-style movie? Let's go to our resident uh, yeah. exorcism movie in expert. movie, over. I can't think of any because you're not allowed to be yeah, a female a exorcist, yeah. at least in the Catholic Church. Catholics tend to have a monopoly on the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, they happen in other religions and cultures, but you wouldn't think of it as an exorcist. Uh, yes, yeah, it's a story about a, a lady trying to dip her toes in the exorcism world. She's a nun and she has a real calling because her mother, they kind of, you know, pitched it to her as a mental illness, but she suspects possession. And so she's drawn to the field of exorcist work. She's in a like a ward for exorcist victims. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> here's, a way, here's a simpler way of describing the All plot right. of this movie. Everybody's seen Top Gun? All right, so you take the plot of Top Gun, put in exorcism. Yeah, it's That's Exorcist it. Academy. It's, yeah, it's Exorcist They're Academy. trying to be... I don't get it, so they're like pilots and priests? Yep. And yeah, they what? fight air demons. Oh. 
They go oh. fast. Yeah. They no, it's it's just like she is maverick, you know, because she doesn't play by the rules, you know, of the, of the Catholic right. Church. But she's the best. Does she say that? Uh, well, she, she has, says I don't play by the rules. She has yeah. her own like. <laughs> she says, "Didn't you see the trailer? I saw the movie." She has her own oh. twist. You did not. You fucking liar. Yeah. She has her own little uh, take on how to do exorcism that kind of goes against the church's stuff. And uh, hijinks ensue. Uh, Dylan, you did not see the movie. Yes, I I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. It's about a woman that is a nun and she wants to be you know like i want to be an exorcism yeah but catholic church won't let me so i'm just gonna have to play by she my went rules. rogue yes <laughs> okay i saw it it was a maverick it was so scary man <laughs> justine mm-hmm. our resident exorcist movie expert mm-hmm. uh you have a you have a priest kink mm-hmm. you like to see <laughs> jesus uh you like Literally. to see the boys in the suits go in and yell at mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. girls <laughs> tied girls. to their beds that's very rare. <laughs> What's oh, your... No, oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't barely leave. How rare is it? I mean, well, it's really rare because actually to do... Actually. Actually. <laughs> well, to do exorcisms, it's super rare because okay. they send people to where the person is and do a lot of work to try to see, is this really a mental illness or is right. this not? There's a lot that goes into it. And you can't just be some rando that goes and does it. It has to be like certified by the Vatican and they say who can go out and do it and it takes a really long time so do you do you take umbrage with this movie's portrayal of yeah, exorcism I mean, obviously or is it there creative license and you're cool yeah, with it you have to kind of be like this movie is meant to be kind of fun i always say this but like a netflix movie yeah they're like pitched right down the middle right. you know a respectful 93 minutes yeah. long or something like that slim runtime yeah okay you can only do so much does some interesting things here and there but it's not going to deviate too much from the basic thing which is like there's a lady she wants to do exorcisms don't think about it <laughs> right just go forward they don't have super high-tech cages <laughs> essentially <laughs> like in the basement resident evil style yeah but but it was kind of neat i mean that's a cool take on it like she is a nun at what is sort of a hospital for people who may be possessed right and so you know <laughs> she takes care of this little girl in particular she wants to help her but she wants to do it with kindness. Yes, she wants to empathize with the person that mm. the demon is possessing, whereas the church says, just go after the demon. And there's this thing about like shame and guilt, and like yeah. the demon feeds on the guilt, so you got to talk to the person that's being possessed and kind of have them come to terms with their guilt so that they, the demon doesn't have any room to get in there. I like that take. That's fresh. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, <laughs> it's fleshed out a little bit. You'll watch, really though, you will watch like any movie like this. Yeah. Of, it has to be 21st century, though. You're not going back to, like, the 70s and watching well, Italian exorcist knockoff movies. No, I mean, like, if it's not easy to watch. Like I said, this is, like, a quantity thing. So yeah. if it's something that I would have to, like, dig around or I don't know what <laughs> to go find, obviously I don't have time for that. <laughs> but for it is, it is really a streaming service exclusive kind of content well and then whatever i saw you know since i was like 12 and so yeah there's a lot of different takes and that's what i was saying with this is like you just kind of have to see what they do interesting or new that you maybe haven't seen before because they're so formulaic right most of the time yeah so the thing about like the high-tech facility that they have that's cool priests walking around with like key cards <laughs> that's right. cool okay some of the effects that that they use are speak, speak on speak on that what was the standouts 
there's a part where they're trying to exercise the little girl that she has a bond with and you may have seen this before where like hair gets like sucked into yeah, their they're, they're straight up the poster <laughs> yeah so like um the demon or whatever is pulling the hair into the girl's mouth and she's choking on it so that like looks kind of neat yeah there's more hair stuff where the exorcist lady is like looking in the mirror and she's like brushing her hair and she's like oh got some hair in my eye pull the hair out of her eye and then it keeps going keeps going and then they go like a close-up to her eyeball and she's like pulling a long strand of hair yeah. out of her eyeball that was gross my favorite part is that the little girl when they're doing the exorcism it's like a two-way mirror yeah the one so she sees that she's being watched the yeah demon. and so she goes up to it and she shouldn't be able to see but yeah. she kind of does she puts her hands like close to the window and she begins to show signs of stigmata. So she has right. like the holes in her hand and then maggots start coming out of her hand and you're like, okay, okay all right. Yeah. And then she starts banging on the window and she's squishing the maggots and ah. she's banging on the window. So there's like blood and maggot guts all over it. And Dylan, you were cheering during this part? Well, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> you, like, threw up, the... you threw up the fucking horns? Well, I was like, banging. yo, dude, that's insane. Like, why would that... Why would she do that? Why would she do that? I just wish you wouldn't have put all the maggots in my popcorn. Before oh, I thought it was, that was just funny. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a, little, a little Halloween joke. A little prank. It was, yeah. tis the season. Yeah, you know. at the time. All right, let's talk about the, the, the goat, Constantine. How does it fare up? How, if Constantine's a 10, which it oh. is, what, how do you rate this one? It's probably like a six. Six? Yeah. It's not quite as straight down the middle as you see like these exorcism of, which is just right. like, okay, they're going to go to the house. Oh, they're going to see some weird stuff. Definitely going to crawl on the wall. Probably going <laughs> to bend backwards. You know? <laughs> oh, check, check, check. Yeah. Who's going down the list here? Oh, all of which happens in the movie. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of cool because they're like at an actual place right. you know, where they take you. And okay. there's the story behind it, too. Or there's an aspect of her investigating the church, yeah. kind of, which you don't usually see in these. It's usually just demon yeah. priest face off is constantine legit your favorite exorcist movie yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna ask you why you need to see more than one but then as i was thinking <laughs> that I, I i um i realized that you could ask the same of me for whodunit movies yeah <laughs> i guess as, as long as they have enough elasticity to explore new things uh, you find yourself <laughs> all right do you find yourself getting like more excited before you see it versus when you actually see it no especially because i generally don't watch trailers or anything so i'm just like oh i'll watch that and then just put it on my list i really like seeing if they actually incorporate things that are like real i don't mean like that there are demons and i just frowned at you and i didn't mean to i'm sorry (laughs) i mean like um i was like what you know like you're smart the practices of the church (laughs) uh, the the prayers that they would use you know the bureaucracy of it really and if they like call actual like demon names or call on certain angels shout out to azrael (laughs) no azazel azazel azazel's a son of a bitch yeah who else you like? Baal. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Baal's banging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I like how they had that statue of, right. of Michael. The yeah, crushing the devil head. Yeah, that's a cool statue. If this movie taught me anything, it's that Colin, who's very heavily tattooed, could be a Catholic priest. <laughs> yeah. You, know, I'm, I'm, I'm you see the neck tattoo on the one yeah. dude? Yeah. yeah. That fool was banging. Yeah, that was, was insane. Yeah. He was well, like an ex-gang banger. Yeah, and his, his sister got the demon in her. And he had that lady go in, and uh, they didn't help her in the end. No, she dies. Yeah. No. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. So uh 
I, I tend to just gloss over this weird factoid of your life that you watch every <laughs> Exorcist movie that you could get your hands on. I've never talked to another human being who has this interest. I don't think there is one. I thought it was a bit. I know. <laughs> like, I, li- I like exorcism movies, and I like movies about priests, too. And Jesus. I really wish I could have <laughs> been a priest, but, um, you know. Yeah, I, and I know, like, when I was diving into, like, you know, cult movie land, there is kind of a subgenre. Of, it crosses over with, like, exploitation, you know. So I know, like, the schlocky 70s fandom around these kind of movies, particularly, like, the post-exorcist knockoff ones. But I don't know anyone that's just, like, strictly 21st century <laughs> exorcism movies. But you know what? I mean, I'm into it. That's what makes this interesting. So, Aww. wait, Brent, did you did you like anything about the movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> did hearing Justine talk about the movie make you like the movie more? So, the box office for Pray for the Devil, yes, seven million dollars domestic, four million international. Was it? A, what was the budget? I good. I've I've been trying to hunt the budget. No, I cannot no, no, find it. I think I, I think there's not a real budget since it's like. Documentary, it's a documentary. Style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the church covered it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I I did like seeing it with teenagers in the audience. This is a PG-13 um, movie, so mm-hmm. compared to some of the more extreme horror films we've been watching, it's nice to see just some wholesome PG-13. Yeah. Scares. They released it too close to Halloween. You think? Yeah. Oh, uh, you yeah, think it like two days before? Seven million dollars. We've uh, talked like about Halloween this. Movie. I think a lot of people were scared to go up against Halloween. And yeah. Smile well, like, was fucking earlier. You know, like I'm still <laughs> fascinated <laughs> at the two runaway successes. This Halloween season. Uh, <laughs> Smile, I think, just banking, and I I liked Smile, but it's pretty it's middle mid. of the road yeah. and uh smile wins by forfeit they just were there yeah they were they there they up. opened in like uh, uh september like mid-september and barbarian caught some shrapnel beneficially yeah barbarian from was existing. barbarian was september 3rd yes and then um yeah smile I th- it was september 30th so that's like when september no. but oh, basically october that's when smile came out yeah and it just kept fucking going and when halloween shit the bed it only it's did all, better that's all that was there <laughs> i mean I guess, I guess terrifier also yeah and shout yeah. out to i i Keep fucking respecting Terrifier too, because it's at eight million. Yeah, it's right eight now. million now. Yeah, off of a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget, off of an original IP mm-hmm. created by the writer, director, fucking special Amy, effects artist. Like, goddamn, not just rated. Appear- Unfucking rated. God damn. The no M- marketing budget. Damn, MP- it wasn't rated? No. Damn. No, which is fucking amazing. The MPAA can burn in hell, you fucking pieces of shit. If Terrifier can do it, you can fucking do it. Make these fucking bozos obsolete. Put your fucking movie out and count your fucking ducats because goddamn, Terrifier 2, infinite fucking respect. The, what they're doing for movies right now is uh, just round of applause. Fucking, uh, how many cuss words are there? Uh, you motherfuckers, you yeah. motherfuckers. I've held a, held a grudge since clerks getting an NC-17 uh, rating hung over their heads. Fuckers. <laughs> Obsolete. Go go fucking hang out with the goddamn comics code in fucking oh, hell. Oh, God. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. goddamn you. Fucking nerds. Yes. You fucking nerds. Get them. Dylan. Yes. Go off. Nerds. Anyways, um, rounding up, are we going to spray holy water at the demon, or are we just going to let it chill? I think I don't care for the genre of film. It's a little po-faced for me. Uh, so I can't say I loved it. I'll I'll be in the middle. You know what? I'm just gonna be like, you know what? 
I'm I'm gonna let this ride. I think it's ultimately just not my thing. Mm. Oh, it's really not my thing. I, yeah, I can. Once I got locked into my Top Gun logic, I, yeah, I was like, why don't I just go watch Top Gun? So you just exercised it. The demon's gone. Brent, I got a question for you. Yes. Were you scared? Is that why you don't? You know, the only scares <laughs> in the movie were jump scares, which I think are just kind of cheap. So I don't know if you would particularly like the scare style of it. It's I was scared. scared. I was fucking terrified. Oh, that's right. You watched <laughs> it. No, I watched it with you guys. I was there. That shit was scary, man. I got to admit. It was fucking nuts. And I got another question for you, Brent. Okay. During the movie, uh-huh. did you figure out who did it? Uh... The devil. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Who did it? Uh, Satan. The, the devil, devil, I guess. I'm, I'm in the middle. Brent exercised. Justine. Uh, I'm, I'm inviting in all the demons. Yeah, the demons what side are you on in these movies? In. That's a great question. Make some friends. Yeah, and, and when you watch <laughs> these exorcism movies, what side are you on? Are um, you like, you want to get the demon out of the person, or do you want them to just be a demon <laughs> or possessed? Damn, dealing well, with the hard hitting question. They never do anything interesting when they're possessed, though. They go, ah. Yeah, but they usually just lay there. Don't you barf. like when they bend over backward? <laughs> yeah, and they usually. They bend over, they bark. Hey, what about when they crawl <laughs> up the wall? <laughs> they pee, they poop. They sprout white boogers on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call you names. And I they think I do like I, I like do funny the, bits. the actual exorcism part. I think that's what wins. But when they're Nomino no sancto motorne. Yeah, Nomino sancto. Then... Fuck you. <laughs> Nomino sancto misco. Isco nomino sancto. Your You're mother's a, a cock in hell. Nomino sancto misco. Margaro. Fuck you. Fuck But wait. Did you answer? You didn't answer the question. Whose side are you on? Humans? You want really the priest care. or demons? No, either one. I mean, the priest is kind of like <laughs> you expect it, but when the demon wins, it's like, ha ha. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're, you're team demon. Yeah. That's team fine. Demon. Are there movies where the demon wins completely? In the well, movie? there's those ones where it's like like at the, the end of Thriller, where he's right. like, you turn around and, uh oh, it's still in yeah. there. The so priest walks out of the house, the cross turns upside down. Yeah. Or the priest turns around and then he <laughs> smiles weird. Something like that. All right. Dylan, you're, since you saw the movie. So I would say, like, I thought it was shot well. Like, you know, I thought the portrayal of an exorcist, like the exercising was great. The the acting, the every like the delivery of lines, amazing. Uh-huh. Sets, amazing. <laughs> the effects of like the hair pulling out of the eyes and the mouth. Uh-huh. And, whoa. Dylan, I thought I was real. Dylan, will you be a hundred percent with the people right now? Yeah. Why are you scared to watch these movies? I did, I watched it. Okay. Because I'm Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Hear, hear me out. One, I watch these movies, but I don't like them. One, two, I feel like it's too real. Have you had any experience in your life resembling anything like surrounding a, an exorcism or a demon? Yeah. When I went to Merciful Fate, there was a guy that was possessed, <laughs> not on stage, on in the crowd, standing between me and Colin, and like he was getting his ass whooped by everyone. But that guy was clearly possessed. <laughs> he was possessed by Patron. Yes. Good answer. <laughs> I mean, I, I, what am I going to do, argue yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I've, I've been there. I've been there, seen it. I'll, I'll let Dylan off the hook here and say, final factoid, shout out to the film for not having any, like, uh, uh, songs in it. It was yeah. just, like, score. Yeah. So nice to not hear, like, Sympathy for, for the, the devil. devil. Yeah, that would have been a real obvious cut or some fucking... <laughs> like Rob Zombie. Yeah, playing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good job. Good job on that one. I was going to say, just leave it out because then it like really dates it yeah. and like forces a tone on it. I have a, I have a, I have a weird uh, pitch. And this is apropos of nothing, but having just watched like a bunch of horror movies from the 80s over 
the, the Shocktober Spooktacular. I, now that I have some distance from the 90s, I like really like watching 90s horror movies, like the straight-to-video mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, I don't know, there's just something cool about the quote-unquote vibe. Mm-hmm. And like I even can start to relate to that in the 2000s now that we're away from that, where it's like, God damn, this is... Like, oh, what do we watch? Dead Silence, right? Yeah. Like, Dead Silence only feels like a movie from that time period. Like, 08, 06, yeah. 08, yeah. You feel, it feels very much like that. So is the lesson there, if I like an 80s movie for feeling like an 80s movie, 70s movie, for feeling like a 70s movie, so on and so forth, should you just be making your movies, like, as current as possible? Is there a benefit to being, like, anti-timeless in a way? Uh. Isn't it like, it's like leaving a little gift for the future. Yeah, yeah, I think it's neat because, like, if you, especially if you think about like movies that try to portray a past right. time, it's never right. Yeah, and so it's nice to have these actual like time capsules. Yeah, like we were watching Lost Boys. Yeah, and it's just so cool. So late eighties. Yeah, so awesome. And you get something made it like made now that's supposed to be from the eighties. It's just like yeah, it's just based on I don't know. 80s stuff yeah. you know it's it's, it's of so it. inauthentic uh, I, I mean, yeah. I, did you guys watch psycho gore man i haven't seen that yet no. watch psycho gore man that's another like case to be made for the yeah you can capture the spirit and aesthetic of it without just putting tracking lines right you know what I mean? right Over, and like you know like Sepia a neon tone filters exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, maybe every generation says this but i feel like we live in such a like a weird era right now that documenting everybody being on their phones and having like text messages on the actual yeah. movie screen it's just, I don't know. When I see that, I, I kind of check out mentally. Yeah, I don't 20, 20 years from now, Unfriended is going to be fucking dope <laughs> to look at. Really? Yes. Was Unfriended the one? Unfriended isn't the one where they're on the Zoom call that the whole time. No, that's Unfriended. They're on Skype. What's the other one? Because there was two like social yeah, media. Yeah, one of them's ones. like Unfollowed. Skype. Unfollowed and Unfriended? Unfriended? Yeah. Those are different movies. What's the one where the girl gets crazy because she uh, gets Unfriended? I think <sighs> I don't know. I, I, not, it's not an across the board, but like, there's some benefit to schlock. But here's the thing: like it was you're, strugg- you're struggling to find the titles and get them right. We knew the Lost Boys. Oh in the yeah, 80s. yeah. But that, that was established. You got to give it 20 years. That's it was a banger then, and that's why it's a banger now. Yeah, it was now. a banger then. Like no yeah, doubt. like unfriended, unfollowed. Those weren't bangers. Uh, big difference. Yeah, but Dead Silence wasn't a banger either, but it's fun to watch now and be like, ah, oh, that was the 2000s, all right. Yeah, I'm not talking, I mean, a good movie is like, you know, the fucking Godfather or something isn't like a 70s movie or doesn't feel like it's bogged in its time or anything. There's timelessness, which I would lump the Lost Boys or something like that into. But there is, but in terms of schlock, in terms of junk, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like maybe in 20 years, the nameless don't give a fuck. What was that, Terror Train, the Tubi original that we watched? Great job. We're gonna come. Yeah, I can see that one. Just because like it has, because that one had it has its own um, unique visual, you know, component to whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, like whoa! whoa. You did not see Terror Train. I seen Terror Train with the, the guy, Tubi original, the guy, the guy with like the knife. Yeah, thing? but the, yeah. there's a real Terror. I mean, there's an original Terror Train, and then there's the one that oh, came maybe out I this saw year. That one, yeah, yeah, I do not think you saw the remake of. I don't uh, think you saw the Tubi, the Tubi original, original remake of, of Terror Train. Train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a fun one. But again. I think that you can make a movie that still feels like now uh-huh. without the cell phones and stuff, but you have to have the reason why they don't work. Bar- yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like Barbarian was going to age incredibly well. Were, uh, yeah. yeah, and that, but that also feels very contemporary. Yeah, yeah. it's not like shot in like a classic style. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want to say that, yeah, like 
make movies that are very now like Barbarian. I'm all, I'm yeah. all for it. But if you're going to be like, yeah, make movies now and it's just people on their phones and stuff, it's like, eh, it's not yeah. really a movie. All right, we got one more movie. <laughs> this has been... This, this has been, is way longer than I wanted to spend on. This has been Deep Thoughts movie. with Colin. Uh, we're moving on to Triangle of Sadness, directed by Ruben Ostland, a Swedish director. This is a film about essentially a cruise of wealthy folks. Things go awry on the cruise. They get stranded on an island. Um, that's a very poor explanation of the movie because I think... Uh, I'm having a hard time like thinking about what the movie's about. I mean, it's obviously about class it's an eat the rich situation yes literally and i'm glad you brought that up if i wanted to be a dickhead i'd call it like the a24 version of eat the rich but a24 but neon I, neon made it neon's way yeah, better a20 a24 is i think that's what you say when something is like pseudo intellectual i think this movie is is actually intellectual <laughs> like yeah. it has substance don't get me wrong but it, it is a bit i was eat the rich was like on the forefront of my mind and i guess life of brian too because it's yucky it's it's also um, it's humanity and and how it will always kind of manifest itself in the same fashion even if you shift the gender dynamics you know right like we always find a way to fuck it up <laughs> yeah or- you know like no matter what the setting is if you're stranded on a beach if you're on a boat if you're on land because you know, these are the three acts. yeah it was kind of cool when they shifted from the boat to the island because it shifted gender uh, in terms of who was at the top of the, the pyramid. Yeah, just the most capable person yeah. is on top. And... But it's human nature to fall into the trappings of power and resources. Yeah, you know, and, and, you, and whoever's um, going to be on top is always going to be exploiting somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the moral of the film, I guess. I think so. Is there one? It's just kind of a look at what we are. It's an unflinching look at what we are. Uh, we're full of shit and puke <laughs> yeah. and, and, and horrible thoughts. And and cheap materialism that ultimately doesn't matter. I did like that aspect of it. How even on the island, you know, one of the wealthy travelers is trying to barter with Rolex. Yeah, that yeah. Mean nothing when you're stranded. Right. You know, but that's the only currency he can come up with because he has no actual skills yeah. to apply to life on an island. But it could be worth a lot when you get off of the island if you're yeah, but there's no, that, but that's no promise pedantic. We, you we, also have to hold on to them and, and not get them taken by right. a stronger force. Right. It's pretty blunt in its portrayal of like the class disparity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of just a meditation on that subject. Well, I guess it's hard to call a film that plays the refused while yeah, people yeah. are, you know, getting tossed around and throwing up. Here's, here, you'll as get not this. blunt or on the nose. But um, for being as on the nose as it is, I don't think they, I think there's still a respect for the viewer. In prior episodes, you've talked about Fight Club and how that's aged for you as you've gotten older. Right. Right. So you could have gone Fight Club with this yes. you know, versus where it actually went, which was like, like you said, it's an actually intellectual and good meditation on these topics yeah and you know to, to go back to my point until i think that's maybe where the craft comes in mm. it's really stuck out to me how like long they'll hold shots on people when like one person will be talking off screen to a person and you'll see that person's reaction to it and things like that help flesh out the characters and make you connect to them because Ultimately, I think most of the characters are kind of stand-ins or metaphors for larger social issues or classes. You know, you have yep. people who are aspirational on the rise. You have young people who are good-looking, who are have a little bit of money. You have old people who are, you know, f- their body is failing them, but they have a whole lot of money. You have tech money. You have war money. You have all these different kinds of money interacting with each other in the movie. But I don't think it ever falls into caricature 
No. Yeah, portraying the characters as kind of well-rounded, but not necessarily relatable. For instance, when it starts out, you're kind of looking at the male model boy as like, um, I don't know, maybe having more substance than the world he's thrown into, right? So maybe you think he's going to be this Holden Caulfield type, you know, as the movie goes on. But no, they show him as just as shitty as everyone else, if not Mm -hmm. shittier, you know? And that's kind of how you, you know, you make something not be caricatures. Good craft. That's what kept this movie interesting to me. It was a a good example of showing, not telling. Mm -hmm. I guess the longest monologues, um, Abigail, when she's talking about how she's the captain, like they're being very specific in in what they want you to know at this point. But the rest of it is just like, yeah, you're just watching these people doing stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, they're, yeah, that's bad. Oh, yeah, that's bad too, <laughs> yeah. you know. They're just exaggerated enough to get the point across without right. being too subtle that you don't get what they're trying to show you. But they do set it up. Like in the beginning, you get like the points that it's going to try to make. You yeah. see the guy and he's an actor or he's a model. They're like, okay, now you're looking down on people. Right. Because you know, you're rich enough yes. to do so. <laughs> and now you're an H&M model. So everyone's happy and the same and it's a, a yes. rainbow of colors. So you're like, okay, we get that. And then the guy is like, uh, maybe not going to get the job because he's not young enough or right. whatever. And he has wrinkles or something. It's like, okay, so fleeting, you know, youth. And then there's the guys arguing with his girlfriends. Like, why is it so hard to talk about money? So they're going to talk about yes. money. Why are we falling into these gender roles? So they're going to talk, talk about, about gender, gender roles. And then later there, um, when she's telling him that they're not really in love and she's kind of, it's a transactional sort of relationship, yeah. they're going to show you a transactional or several transactional yes. relationships later on. So they do set it up, you know, but again, they don't like make it super explicit that they're going to do that. You just kind of see that stuff playing out later on. And I think, yeah, they bring up that theme of generosity mm-hmm. and like, and you see, hear that word generosity used as like a, a, a motif right? As they call it, yeah, film school stuff. Everyone in the movie kind of thinks they're generous, but they're kind of monstrous. <laughs> and uh, A lady makes the entire staff of a yacht go swimming. <laughs> and because of that, the oysters are left out and then everyone gets food poisoning. And it's, I don't know, I, I think maybe that's like the big exclamation point part of the movie when everyone's just shitting and puking. <laughs> You touched on uh, how the exaggeration isn't too far to the point where it becomes like lampooning or Mm -hmm. or satire. We have a very big-brained individual in our group over here. Hey, big brain. Oh, me? I thought you were talking about Colin. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you ever see that show Curb Your Enthusiasm? No. Larry David? Literally, I have never watched. You've it. never You've seen really it. Never seen Curb. Yeah, that's like a one show I never. Whoa, watched. that's kind of fucking. All right, I almost respect that. Is that fucked up? That's Can we start watching Curb, please? Uh, I refuse. Yes. For real? <laughs> so <laughs> I'll watch it, but it's uh, so odd. I'll wait. I respect it, though. Thank you. I so, am a big Seinfeld head. That's what's funny. All right. Well, all right. So, as a, as a person that hasn't seen Curb, yes. did you enjoy the early part of the movie where the model and the model are having their fight? Did you did you, did you find any humor in that? Describe to me your experience. no, because I've been there too many times. Oh, no, I was, the way the direction I was going with this is if he found humor in that situation, then he would love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. Because also, it's predicated on this person that is just making their existence unnecessarily uncomfortable yeah. for comedic effect. And that's how the, like, the tone that the movie started on 
yeah, it's see, it's a subversion of cultural norms, or it's like you're watching someone be. It's the jester who tells the truth, Dylan. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, pettiness yeah, 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 yeah. stretched out to the fault of the character. Funny. Yeah, it's a classic comedic yeah, trope. Was dying. But yeah, to, I guess that's maybe why they block it off into chunks in the movie the way they do. Like part one is kind of like really focused on the the pretty boy, and then the second part is just all shit and puke. And then, uh, and like, you know, rich people acting horribly. And then act three, those uh, pirates blow up the ship and those guys are stranded. And then it's Lord of the Flies. Yeah. So it is like really three different tones, but I guess the same themes throughout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I walked away enjoying the film and probably understanding it. (laughs) Maybe the, uh, the methods were a bit, not necessarily confusing, but just like distinct choice, like the very ambiguous ending is it an ambiguous ending you could read it a bunch of ways either our protagonist makes it in time to save his um uh god what's the word not connected yes but when you're um uh the the sub beard the the sub of his cuck relationship there's the uh, cuck, there's the bull, and then there's Are you talking the about the Filipino bull? lady, Abigail? I'm talking about yeah, when... No, no, she's uh, a cuck. She's a oh, it, there's the word I was looking for. Estranged. His estranged uh, fiance. Right, right. Yeah, is about to get her head bashed in. You, you don't know for sure if her head gets bashed in, because you see like right. uh, Abigail struggling with... Uh, the morality murder. of murder, yeah. You see the final scene is... Uh, I don't know. Carl. Carl? It's yeah. not Carl. Yeah, it was His Carl. His name is Carl. Fuck that. Isn't that the name of the llama with the hat? Shut the fuck up. Who the hell names their kid Carl? <laughs> it is no, there's a llama with a hat named Carl, but this character is also named Carl. You okay, good call back then. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Carl is racing through the 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 path that uh, Yaya and Abigail were previously on, whereupon they discovered a luxury resort right. that has an elevator, just opens by itself and plays. Yeah. Club music, you anyway. Know, the Golden Girls thing. So I you, recently saw an episode of Golden Girls with my aunt where they get stranded, and then it really is like they're just yeah, on the other side of the island. Oh, it's ruined the whole movie for me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyways, yeah, like yeah, it's it's unresolved as to whether Yaya's head got bashed in, and I, I like that. Yeah, it's ambiguous. Does yeah. it matter? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, right? Doesn't I mean, the point of the film is kind of talking about you know, hierarchies and power structures, or just that those things exist. It doesn't really seem to be particularly judgmental about it. Mm -hmm. Thus, I think whatever the nuts and bolts of the plot are, are kind of irrelevant to the point of the story. Um, He's about to bash the lady's head in, maybe. That kind of calls back to when the men were hunting and they they smashed the donkey's head in. Mm -hmm. Just brutal. Animatronic donkey, specifically says in the credits. Shout out to the animatronic donkey. Um, yeah, I forgot that that brings kind of animal rights element to the film. That's the other thing I thought of when they were all shitting and puking is they keep showing this food. There's also this mirroring or contrasting of like, yeah, they show you very clearly all the different courses that they're having during the captain's dinner. It's a lot of close up shots of that. And it's like, you're eating an oyster on a caviar, right, blah, right. blah, blah. And then they're eating this seafood on the island, which is just the, she well, went and yeah. caught it out of the water. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's a nice contrast of like their fancy meal of seafood versus their sustenance. You know, yeah. And that fancy food is giving them food poisoning. Yeah. Because they had to play around And so the much. not fancy food is keeping them alive. Yeah. I, I have a question about the food scene, the fancy food stuff. Mm-hmm. Brent, as a 
as a non-vegetarian vegan person mm-hmm. here, what's that clear gelatin stuff they're eating? <laughs> oh, that's um, that could be a bunch of different things actually, because like, a, and, and a lot of like fine dining, there's there's foams and jellies. It could be like this like consomme of duck fat rendered with some type of fruit or whatever. I mean, okay. there's there's a lot of th- things it, it could have been. Okay, it could just um, be anything really. I think they just squeezed some like. LA Styles clear gel yeah. onto a plate and then threw some like, yeah, I mean, ultimately, kelp on it. <laughs> they're just trying to kind of show you some yucky stuff before everyone starts puking and shitting all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I think, I think that the device there was to give you the jiggling because yeah, the boat was being rocked. Yeah, yeah. It wanted to show you even, it was like another visual device in terms of like how much the boat was being rocked and how much like everything that these people were just over consuming was sloshing around in right, their intestines. Right. The diarrhea scene. My God, we're just a guy on a toilet. I've never seen that in a movie before. They, again, this is, you get race, you get class, you get gender, and you, of course, they're going to talk about the environment and people's relationship over animals. It is all about kind of power, after all. Handled very subtly and sort of left to you to figure out without banging you over the head with it. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> what do you think happened at the end? I don't know. I'm trying to think... This might be just one of those uh, instances where the, you know, filmmaker leaves it so ambiguous. It's just you have to take it as like an impressionistic kind of painting, you know, like it just makes you feel the way it makes you feel and don't worry about it. But there's still like some monkey brain part of me that's like, why is he running? He doesn't know that there's a thing there. You have to kind of complete the story. Ultimately, I respect it for just being kind of evocative in and of itself. But I guess I don't think that lady kills that other lady. I think uh, just because I think she's a moral person at heart. But I think that little Weasley guy is fucking literally running to his own uh, physical detriment, getting whipped and everything to return to ultimately um, civilization comfort. You sort of see that the camp at the beach may have wind of this resort existing. You know, the gun guy from the resort sees him at the beach. And so... I got a taste of reality, and um, he's running back to comfort. He got his fantasy that he was re- talked about as far as being stripped of traditional gender roles, and I see him as running not so much towards the... You think he was running toward the resort, resort. not to find those ladies? Yeah. Dylan, Turner. what happened to Tony Soprano? Well, I don't think Tony Soprano died. Okay. Um, that's one. Two, I don't know, like, I guess it is, like, ambiguous. Because at first, I thought that guy was a mirage. Until I thought the whole <laughs> thing was a could mirage, to be yeah. honest. Death yeah. dream. No, like, <laughs> like no, no, boat. you're right. Like, that guy could have been a mirage. And the and the elevator, like, that probably wasn't there either. Who Boom. knows? But that's just speculation. That's I like just that. what right. I imagine. I'm going to go ahead and say Occam's razor. Like, whatever the simplest uh, answer is, it's probably the truth. And the truth is, this guy has food poisoning. He was running to go take a shit in the woods. Boom. <laughs> Done. Final final verdict for Triangle of Sadness. Are, are we turning that frown upside down? It's a Balenciaga frown, or is this an H&M hey, smile? <laughs> okay. To me, this is an H&M smile. We are all equal. We all have to, we all shit and puke. Justine? Yeah, H&M smile, but it is long. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sit comfortably. You know, normally I would like to bury anything that has a refused sink in it. But this year we got The Bear, which had the same song, of course, because that's all anybody yeah. ever uses. And then we got this movie. And uh, H&M smile all the way, baby. Dylan? Uh, H&M smile. Um, and shout out to Abigail, the true hero of the film. Yes. The real yes. hero. That's it. 
I want to give a shout out to uh, Refused Early Records, like uh, Everlasting and, uh, oh, this just might be the truth, the really early shit. That was cool. What do, I want to see Ab Hananda get some love. Let's shout out to 90s Umea Hardcore. <laughs> I think that was the point of the film. So I, uh, we didn't touch on this. The, the guy is in like two other movies that we watched recently. <laughs> That's how forgettable he is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remembered him. I just couldn't fucking yeah, recall what movie he was in. Yeah. I had to look in. it up. Also... I learned that uh, the actress that plays Yaya mm-hmm. died. What? Oh. Yeah, she's like dead. That's I didn't know that. Movie. Yeah. Fuck Whoa. no. What's your jeez? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, on God, that shit was busting respectfully. <laughs> on God. Yeah, yeah. That, that shit is. Brent, what do you got for us today? All right, I'm gonna walk delicately with this one because I have some. Good news that's going to get Dylan excited, but then it's going to pull it back a little bit. Okay. So, Dylan, did you know that Tobin Bell is going to return as Jigsaw? So here's the deal. Because I got, I got the Saw hookups on like my, my feed, but they were like, <laughs> it is rumored that Tobin Bell will be back as okay. Jigsaw. Yeah. Also, you don't know what that could be like, uh, Hokum. Like, you know, it shows a, like a flashback. Yeah. Guys, cameo. I can confirm. The Tobin Bell has already returned as Jigsaw for Saw, the experience. It's not a movie. It's an immersive theater experience opening this month in London. Uh, Tobin has voiced Jigsaw throughout the entire experience, which combines immersive theater and escape room elements. You're having a jolly old time right now, but cheerio. You like Mr. Bean. Now, pretend you're an alien or something. You have fish and chips in your stomach, mate. But there's too much salt. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the house of fun. So the experience is 90 minutes with a themed bar at the end called the Trap Room, based on Jigsaw's workshop. While we await Saw 10 for next year, what plot would you like to see unfold in the Saw the Experience? Uh, Tobin Powell is fucking the banger of Saw, and the dumbest thing they could fucking yeah. do is kill him in the third movie spoilers but it was the funniest thing they could have done because they just kept <laughs> bring bringing him back. back for flashbacks <laughs> like they just like they just knew it'd be hilarious to keep bringing him back and I, back. I i i have very dylan close your ears i have very little respect for the saw franchise but i uh i think tobin bell really fucking is the the, the shining light in it so it's cool that he's back but yeah i don't know what do you how you you what are you doing in the live theater experience fanfic um what are we rocking well well, first of all where is the timeline when does this take place pre-spiral post jigsaw Uh, but jigsaw happens pre-saw right so okay to explain the timeline okay the deaths in jigsaw (laughs) is pre-saw sure but the movie where like the investigations happen (laughs) 3d but to spoiler the guy that's in jigsaw was the first guy in the first trap that no one knows about that happens in the barn and he kills three other people just to get like a uh, speculation that jigsaw is back I love stupid fucking so it's very hard to explain so where do you so where does this it takes place post jigsaw but okay pre, it could happen pre-spiral i don't even well, know spiral is completely unconnected spiral's yeah like well post- spiral's connected it's from the book of saw yeah but you. spiral's post saw eight aka saw three jigsaw <laughs> 
No, Jigsaw's eight. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, what's no one knows exactly. It's like it's almost like a second timeline. <laughs> seven is three D, the final chapter. Yes. AKA part seven out yes. of nine. And then eight is Jigsaw. Then, and then nine, nine is, is Spiral. Spiral, the the spiral is totally. If I have to draw a map of the timeline, yeah, I'm pretty sure it goes straight. Jigsaw ends here. <laughs> then there's like a weird alternate timeline okay. where Spiral takes place. You assume it happens after uh, Saw 3D, a.k.a. Saw the final chapter, a.k.a. part seven yes, out of yes, nine. Yes, yes, yes. They never really explained that yeah. part yet. Hopefully in 10, they explain that like Chris Rock and that other guy connects. Yeah. There's no, there's no argument here. I have so every answer Dylan says is right. One day we'll figure out I Saw. I just have questions. <laughs> I mean, you've Dylan seen all the answers. songs, but it's just hard yeah. to fucking figure out. So I'm hoping so. I hope it takes place. This is the experience, man. You're not Saw 10. Just, I know. It's not for, this, for, this is so this I'm is saying a, just for the listeners. This is a fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, is a fanfic, fanfic. for okay, the so experience. You open the door to the building and you know what? crush. No, no, no. I, don't, I want it to be post-7. Pre-Jigsaw. Okay. In this experience, I want the doctor from the first movie to come back. Okay. The doctor's around, and they explain the two guys that come out to, like, kidnap Detective Hoffman, Mm -hmm. and uh, you go around there. Like, I just want to know, like, what happens between the doctor, and possibly it could connect to Jigsaw, so I could figure out what happened with that guy, and, like... Yeah. Because apparently he was around the whole time, too, which you don't know until Jigsaw at the very end that he was around since before the doctor a lot of stuff is happening all right i just want to know the connection between the doctor (laughs) and the guy from jigsaw and how they like work together or apparently they didn't or maybe the guy from jigsaw was one of the masked men okay who is believed to be one of the two guys from the opening of saw seven that were in the saw trap with the buzz saw trap with the girlfriend oh that one yeah okay Knowing that you do have uh, Tobin Bell to give you his voice in any capacity, how would you want his voice to play in the experience? I would like it to be like um, tapes left for mm-hmm. either the doctor mm-hmm. or the guy from Jigsaw. I don't want him to be do- like talking directly to us. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to be like like from Saw Artifacts. Four. Yeah. Like in Saw 4, they open up with uh, Detective Hoffman walking into the autopsy <laughs> right. of uh, Jigsaw and they find, mm-hmm. and they find that tapes. wax tape that he right. swallowed from three, which you didn't see. But <laughs> in four, they say, they, they say that they show you that he right. eats a, he eats a tape. And that's and, how they find it when they do the autopsy. Yes. Yeah. And then he listens to it because he left that tape for Hoffman, but it was mostly instructions for Hoffman because Hoffman was also working with Jigsaw at the same time. Right. A lot of stuff is a, Hence, a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's the main thrust of soft, Four through six. Yes, seven. Right, you're not. You know, you can't. No, I'm saying. I'm saying like Dylan gave the correct yeah. answer. Uh, yeah, I, I just want him to be talking you know to the detective. Well, let, let's toss him a little bit more saw. Okay, uh, thank you. Saw is teaming up with Autograph.io <laughs> yes. to release a new line of NFTs, wherein um, a few lucky winners will be able to visit the set of Saw. Enticing or pass? Uh, I don't have to go through anything, do I? You like, just buy an NFT. But then I don't have to like. To get in here, you have to figure out this puzzle. I don't want that. Like, I just want to walk in. So you want to be able to just just win? Yeah, I don't want to play the games. I just want to fucking walk into the sets and be like, what's up? (laughs) I don't want to play any games. I just want to, like, see what's happening. Oh, cool. Reverse bear trap. (laughs) Like, I don't want, like, I don't want an escape room experience. I just want to show up and see what's happening. No, 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 no. no. Hold up. Is that the needles that Amanda fell into? Yeah, I don't want that. No, no. Let me me, me delineate here. I was talking about Saw the Experience. The NFT drop yes. means you actually get to go to the set of Saw 10, the but, movie. Okay, but I don't have to do anything else but buy NFT. 
Yeah, just buy an NFT. Oh, and then I'd buy do... an NFT. I thought the whole time I had to like go through some fucking bullshit. You think they? Do you think they just do different colored spirals on Jigsaw's face for the NFTs? Or do you no, think I think it's like in? you get the puppet, you get Billy the puppet, yeah. you get the spiral. You'll probably get the reverse bear trap. You'll probably get Tobin Bell. I'm hoping you'd get like um, they already did a series one, so like some of the stuff is already out. But did yeah, I name is, them all? I mean, you get pretty damn close. <laughs> like, they're, they're, like the new series, like has more stuff. They did not have yeah. a Hoffman in the new series. Is it Hoffman shows up? No, that's like that's I'll like send you the link. In, my in, favorite in, part of the we'll, movie. We'll, we'll experience it together. <laughs> the fan favorite. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we are recording this on November third, which is Godzilla Day, declared because it's the 68th anniversary of the first film. And Toho used today to uh, announce that their next Godzilla movie installment will drop on November third, 2023. So a year from today. It's going to be directed by Takashi Yamazaki, who was responsible for the visual effects of Shin Godzilla. Is anybody here a Godzilla fan? Just me? Not like a big one. Yeah. The I think the oh well no I've seen Godzilla movies in passing, but definitely the only Godzilla movie like I really connected to or, or cared about. Well, because this was the Toho one, the Japanese yeah. one versus the American ones. Yeah, the new one is here. coming out is going to be like in that. It's vein. Toho. Yeah. I forced you to watch that movie at gunpoint, right, Justine? Yeah, that was good. So, for the record, I was wrong about being hesitant to watch the movie. It was a fucking masterpiece, and I, I, I really love that movie. I think about it a lot. Oh, we watched The Crazies recently, mm-hmm. and that reminded me of Shin Godzilla because it's very like procedural. For sure, you see like the government working on stuff. Oh, I yeah. thought it was like his Godzilla shows up. No, <laughs> shout out George Romero, goddamn so, legend. Er- earlier this year, we saw Emily the Criminal. Starring Aubrey Plaza, she has just been cast into Agatha, Coven of Chaos, alongside Catherine Hahn, who will return as Agatha. This will be her second appearance in the Marvel Universe, because apparently she was in Legion. I never watched it. Did you? Legion? I tried. It, it was like teen X-Men. No, right? it's about Legion. He's like in a hospital. Yeah, he's yeah like with other X-Men. Well, not with other X-Men, but it's like it. Wink takes place in the X-Men universe. It does take place, and they're teenagers. No, they're not teenagers. No, no, no. I'm, so, I'm confusing it with New Mutants, which is the same yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. thing. Wait, so a- Agatha? That's the fucking the, the witch. Yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah. Let's 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 go into the title. Okay. So it's called Agatha Coven of Chaos, not to be confused with uh, Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> but that's not their first choice. Their first choice was just. House of Harkness. You know what I know Agnetha Harkness from is from um, the the Fantastic Four when she she's uh, Franklin Richards nanny who does he, she's a witch in that one too. But uh, yeah, she does uh, shenanigans on him. So maybe maybe this is the tie-in to the Fantastic Four, baby. So are you excited for this? Um, yeah, she was like yeah. the only good part of that fucking show. So like Catherine Hahn. Yeah, no, she's a she was she was great. That character's cool because she fucks with Franklin Richards. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm down so long as it's fucking not the goddamn Scarlet Witch bullshit. None of that ever again. Scarlet yeah. Witch doesn't show up. It's great. <laughs> Justine, are you are you excited for Agatha? Um, yeah, uh, not yeah. really because I <laughs> I do like basically any like magic um in comics. I'm yeah. pretty down for, but given that it stems from Scarlet Witch. I just hated that so much. Wanda, WandaVision. 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 So yeah. bad. It's, yeah, she was the only good thing that came of that. And if it's connected, I feel like it can't be that different. But hopefully, you know, I'd yeah, like I don't to see think... them go a different direction. Do you think, have, has, has Marvel done magic well yet? No. Right? 
Mm -hmm. I don't think so no. either. <laughs> All right. Dylan, tell us what's coming up. Unlimited. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Regal Movie Masters Unlimited. Join us next time where we watch Dun 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 Tar, the one about the composer. We also got the Banshees of Inishirin and a mystery movie. Get your pirate straw hats on and your devil fruits ready to eat and join us. Bye!